Hello and a very warm welcome to another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Coming up, it's all change on the bank holiday front at the end of May and into June, all thanks to the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. With an extra day having been granted, what are your part-timers' rights to time off, paid or otherwise? Keep listening for an easy explanation of the complex bank holiday rules. Plus, if you can't afford a pay rise, perhaps you're considering making gifts to your staff. Will such gifts be tax and NI free? We explain the basics. And please don't forget to visit indicator-flm.co.uk to download our series of free mini guides to tax and HR matters. There's no obligation whatsoever. You're listening to Tips and Advice for Business, the weekly podcast that trawls through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized advice and realistic solutions to everyday challenges. And all this in just a few short minutes, because we know that your time is precious. The Tips and Advice for Business podcast is freely available on all the usual platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon and Deezer and is brought to you by those ever so nice people at Indicator FL Memo. For supporting information, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Your host today is Duncan Callow, solicitor and publisher. Now, if you employ part-time workers, you will be familiar with the challenges that calculating their uh, annual leave entitlement poses. Uh, That challenge has been made even sterner this year with the arrival of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Why? Because the last Maybank holiday has been moved to Thursday, 2nd of June, and an extra bank holiday has been granted on Friday, 3rd of June, thereby creating a nice long weekend for everybody to go out and have fun celebrating the Jubilee. Of course, it isn't permanent, this extra bank holiday. It's a one-off, and all other bank holidays during 2022 remain unchanged. Now, whilst this extra bank holiday... It's something to look forward to, probably for most people, not everybody. It does create some practical issues for employers. For example, part-timers who usually work on Mondays won't benefit from the usual late May bank holiday because Monday 30th of May is a normal working day this year. In addition, any part-timer who doesn't work on Thursdays and Fridays won't be able to benefit from the bank holiday changes either. Depending on the terms of their employment contract, they could be missing out on one or even two days holiday. So if you've got a part-timer who's affected by these changes, are you required to give them extra time off? What's the legal position? Well, there's actually no law which governs how you should handle bank holidays and part-timers aren't automatically entitled to be compensated with any additional holiday in lieu or indeed payment in lieu of a bank holiday. Instead, what happens in this situation, and you'll probably expect this, is dictated by the terms and conditions which are set out in the employment contract, or if you don't have a full contract, in the Statement of Employment Particulars. Where the employment contract is silent on an issue relating to bank holidays, such as additional and moved bank holidays, then it's a matter for agreement between you and the part-timer. That said, you must have regard to the legislation. And that legislation is... It's quite a mouthful. The part-time workers' prevention of less favourable treatment regulations. They state that part-timers must not be treated less favourably than their full-time counterparts unless the difference in treatment can be justified. Now, we don't think that's likely to be the case uh, to the bank holiday changes in 2022. So to ensure compliance with the regulations, you should calculate a part-timer's bank holiday entitlement for this year 
on a pro rata basis. Part-timers don't get the full annual bank holiday entitlement, obviously. But what about the extra bank holiday this year? Well, this will come down to your employment contract wording and how your full-timers are treated. There's no definitive answer here. But in the event you do decide to grant all of your full-time workers the additional bank holiday as an extra day's holiday, you'll have to do the same for your part-timers, even though they will effectively be placed in a better position. Why? Well, it's to ensure compliance with the regulations. So in summary, if you're granting your full-timers an extra day's holiday for the one-off bank holiday that falls on June the 3rd, you'll have to do the same for your part-timers too, even though they will effectively be placed in a better position. Lucky them, and they can thank Her Majesty. Well, you certainly don't need us to tell you just how difficult it is to run a business at the moment, and it could well be that money is tight, and much as you want to give your staff a well-deserved pay rise, especially given the surging cost of living, if there, if there aren't the funds there, what can you do? Well, an, an alternative you might be considering is to make gifts to your workers. If you do that, can it be on a tax and NI-free basis? Well, the general rule is that gifts that you make to your employees are taxable as benefits in kind unless they are covered by a specific exemption, more of which later. However, what about if the gift is being made for private reasons? Can you dodge the tax in that situation? Well, the rules relating to gifts made by an employer to a director or other employee are not as straightforward as they might seem at first sight. Are they ever related to tax? Anyway, in most cases, any non-cash gift from you to an employee is taxable as a benefit in kind, even if the reason for making it is not related to the business. Why? Well, it's because where there's an employer-employee connection, the gift is deemed to be employment-related, even where the motive for the gift might be a private one. So, regrettably, whatever your intentions, you can't dodge the tax uh, by calling the gift a private one. Now, we mentioned the specific exemptions um, at the outset, and one of those might apply, in which case the gift would, wouldn't be taxable. Uh, for example, eye test and corrective glasses, some childcare, parties and functions, removal expenses up to £8,000 per house, uh, job-related accommodation, um, long service awards for at least 20 years uh, service, and which aren't cash, staff suggestion schemes, uh, and goods provided at a discount. These are just examples. They're not particularly sexy, and it may well be that they're not very attractive to your employees. Um, so that's the bad news. There is slightly better news in that gifts made by an employer, which is an unincorporated business, i.e. not a limited company, to an employee who is a member of the family for a non-job-related reason, maybe a wedding gift, aren't taxable as a benefit in kind. Now, this exclusion can apply to a gift paid for by a company, but only if the cost is ultimately met personally by the giver and there's a private reason for making it. So, can you believe it? We've reached the end of another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Don't worry, we'll be back again soon and we will be looking at the do's and don'ts of tax-efficient bonuses for directors and considering the latest on FitNotes and their move to digital certification on what that means for you as an employer. But for now, thank you for sharing your time with us and goodbye. 
You've been listening to the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Every week, we trawl through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized tips, advice and solutions. For more information about our products and services, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Thank you.